0: Hello, and welcome to Upcast, yeah, our Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and welcome to our disaster. Glad you could come. <laughs> and I'm Jamie, and I like that Wookiee. I like that Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: I assume, well, I guess it's possible that you know what mine is, but I. <laughs> when searching for one uh, quote about a disaster. And I found this one. Um, it's from a Clone Wars episode.
1: Did you recognize it at all? It sounds f- uh, familiar.
0: There's a wild Clone Wars episode that I cannot wait to get to with you. Where um, the clones and C-3PO and R2-D2 go to a planet that is having earthquakes all the time. And they meet a bunch of little like aliens that are dressed like they belong to the Temple of Doom and C-3PO goes underground to solve riddles with some pagan gods um, because they have broken a seal in the ground and the under, and there's a whole world underground and the atmosphere is poisonous and it's leaking out. Mm. It's a wild, wild episode. Like Wizard of Oz sort of level wild. But it's a fun Yeah, one. Yeah, it must have been a while since I've seen that. It's not usually on people's rewatch lists, but I like it. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah, so we haven't, so we, we had to take a couple weeks off recording, but we're still posting episodes, but we're basically caught up um, just to sort of establish what we're doing today is today we're reviewing a Bad Batch episode, season two, episode 13, Paboo, but today is May 3rd um, on the calendar. <laughs> Um, so that <laughs> yeah, means tomorrow is May 4th, but we also haven't, we haven't talked a whole lot in the last week or so. So do you want to tell everybody if you did any Star Wars
1: recently? Uh, yeah. So I started, uh, Cataclysm, uh, I'm just a few chapters in so far, um, so far so good. And, um, I, st- um, I haven't picked it up since cause I've just been super busy. Um, but, um, I stayed up till like three in the morning Friday night playing uh, Jedi Survivor. Yeah, you texted me on Saturday and said I was up till three playing the
0: Survivor last night, and I was like, "I don't have it yet." And I was like, "Damn!" because I, like, I knew how frustrated you were—you weren't getting time to do it. But you, you must—it must be engrossing if you stayed up till three playing it.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how. F- I don't think I'm that far. Um, without giving anything away, I've met the High Republic Jedi, um, but there's just I keep dying, um, I'm just playing on normal, and there's just so much, so much stuff. Um, like the first, the first level is just it's on Coruscant, and so like every like couple of minutes I had to like stop and pull out like the Orbes translator because there's just so much. It's it's wild. It's a great great uh, game so far. It's been getting pretty consistently
0: high praise from people. Um, Yeah. So I told you that I'm getting, I decided for the littlest man's birthday in the house, I'm going to get the new Xbox and the game. He's -hmm. been, he's been playing my younger son. He's seven ish and he's just now getting heavy into games and it's being a little bit more independent with them. He was big in, big into watching his brother play video games for years, like his own private Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. Um, plus when you have younger, older brother dynamic, um, the younger brother, especially when they're like five-ish, the older brother's just the coolest person on the planet, right? Yeah. So he he was actually playing through Lego Star Wars today, um, and the littlest man, and he's been playing Jedi Fallen Order a lot getting tutorials from his brother it's been very cute um and so i decided yeah there might as well right mm-hmm. might as well get the xbox might as well get the new one i'm just a little annoyed that i have to buy a new xbox but it'll be the last video game system i buy for a while mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's it's gonna be good
1: uh, did you do anything else um no no not really i just i really like burned myself out like i um like I, I got to a boss that I couldn't beat and it was three and I was just so tired that I was just like, okay, I really want to play this. But then the last season of, um, better call Saul came out. Right. So my wife and I have been going through that. Um, but hopefully we'll be done soon. So we can get back to wasting the entire weekends, uh, weekend nights when I should be asleep, uh, getting killed by, uh, a, um, a Brown Wampa. Um, um and uh and trying to change cal's look to, to perfect the <laughs> to perfect the look like I, I i sent you the picture of um him dressed wearing obi-wan's robes yeah and like it had like the shoulder pauldrons and like a backpack um it's a lot of just cool little details but yeah yeah i can i can turn him into uh a guy who's going to do a a uh, video rant in the in the driver's seat of his truck, in the cab of uh, his truck. Yeah, about the immigrants or the government or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so for my Star Wars, the past couple of weeks, I've been been very much focused on R two, like just trying to get R two painted, and I got a nice little um, tool I've been waiting to get. So that's fun. Um, is it a flashlight? No, it was. It's a it's a center hole punch that is threaded. that threads into the threads for the mounts for the skins on R two. So I know that that's super boring, but to me, to me, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's... I'd, I'd much rather hear about that than a, a flashlight. Actually, so
0: yeah. <laughs> You sure? I'll send you a video of me cleaning my flashlight. <laughs> that's
1: that's 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 okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, post it on Twitter. Yeah,
0: um, at Yubcast. Um, but the other day, uh, I well, so the boys and I are watching Bad Batch because we have we have limited time to do Star Wars during the week, and they wanted to watch Mandalorian, but now we're watching Bad Batch, and so I've gone back through just about all of Bad Batch again. I really like the binging of the series. I think it makes a lot more sense, back to back to back, rather than interspersed week over week and with Mando in between. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's a good story all back to back like that. But we also did a family movie night
1: to go see Return of the Jedi. Uh,
0: we did yeah. that Monday night.
1: Um, yeah, I I really want you but I don't doesn't look like that's gonna work out because we just had like every night something something going on, and right. um I've taken. I'm, it's not like I don't have PTO, but I feel like I've taken too much all at once. Just little bits here and there, and I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want to get on an invisible list that managers have but say they don't have. Um. Yeah. I'm. I,
0: I work for the government, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm constantly telling my employees to take leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it it takes an act of Congress to get once you're. Uh, once you've been in for a while. It, they will, yeah, so it looks like, um, yeah, it's only to the to the 4th. Fuck. Yeah, I think it's only
0: till tomorrow. I'm extreme. I was so, I was annoyed when we were headed to the theater because there was a 6.30 showing and a 9.30 showing, and I wanted everyone to go school night, so we had to go to the 6.30 showing, and everybody was dragging, everybody. It's like, we have to be in the car by 6.00. We were in the car by 6.20. And so we drove right to the theater, got our tickets, and then my wife got in line to buy popcorn or something. And the line was super long. And I stood there for like a minute and I said, no, we have assigned seats. You can find me. And so I <laughs> mm-hmm. took the boys into the theater and sat down. And then when we got in there, um, it was only the movie had started, the, whatever pre- previews they had or commercials they had were over and they were in Java's Palace, but we were probably in minute five. Right. Of the movie. Yeah. And so but I I was not prepared for like how happy I would be to see it. And I was just like goofy, like smile, goofy laughing during the movie. Like it was definitely the the latest version. So like Jedi Rocks was in it, and Anakin, Force Ghost, Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost at the end, and No Yub Nub, which is a slap in the face for this podcast, since that's our intro and outro music, but I still, I was so happy to be there. And littlest littlest man was jumping up and down, he was so happy, and theater was basically, um, the theater was basically empty. Uh, It was one of those big, reclining seats seven row like AMCs or or whatever and and we were maybe four of 20 people there and pretty spread out and so I was we were in the back I didn't mind if he was jumping up and down because he was too excited to sit still mm-hmm. but that movie's so good on the big screen they should they should re-release them all just every five years
1: yeah that would be oh man that would be cool just because like I, um Somebody that, have they ever, like, I think they've done, like, Lord of the have they ever done, like, Lord of the Rings, where, like, you just go in and watch them all at once? There was, I think there was
0: a theater in Texas that, for Rise of Skywalker, um, played all nine movies, and then the Rise of Skywalker started as early as it was allowed to be started, or something like that. Um, so I think there's been events like that. I don't think I would go to that. Um, sit there for nine movies, you would die. <laughs> you could get deep vein thrombosis or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the kind of What's the... Yeah. Plus, being around the type of people that exactly like us for for that long. No, thank you. I don't even like me. Why would I like yeah. someone like me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I played you the Steve Buscemi line from Ghost World where he says I don't, I don't like people who like my interests. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever he says.
1: Well, maybe I don't want to meet someone who
0: shares my interests. I hate my interests. Oh. But it's been... I'll say it's been a pretty pretty good week for a pretty good couple of weeks Star Wars-wise for me. Just a lot of watching Star Wars, not a lot of buying Star Wars. Obviously, I'm... I'm in the middle of that book, too, Cataclysm. And it's good. It, it's, it's a perfectly good book. Probably one of the better books of Phase 2 of High Republic. Um, but you have to read Battle of Jeddah first. It won't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The book will not make any sense if you don't read Battle of Jedha. Um So you got to do that. And I'm in the Yaddle section. I don't know if you've gotten to the Yaddle section. But Yaddle is a major character in that book. No... That doesn't give anything away other than Yaddles in it, um, but you learn a lot about her, so that's a plus too. No more spoilers about the book. Maybe we'll cover it in a later, later episode after people have a chance to get it. Actually, I think the the fi- or Path to Deceit was just released this week, and I have not read that either. But that's I think one of the last books in Phase Two. That's Kavan Scott, friend of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about today?
1: Uh, No, no, no. I think I am good. Are you Googling something? No. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's like like asking your kid, are are you sure that they brush their teeth and they say, yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Let me see your teeth. I mean, no. I mean, no. (laughs)
0: All right, do you want to move on to the show? Let's do it. All right, so before Jamie does the plot summary, I usually talk about some cast and stuff up at the top. Um, today we're doing episode season two, episode 13, Pabu. We've got two guest stars. Um and first one um, his name is imari williams and he plays shep in today's episode shep um, this is his first star wars credit but he's done other voiceover work for tv and video games um, like a lot of people we've talked about this season he did a lot of work in english language translations for anime um, but he's also done voices in mortal kombat world of warcraft starcraft uh, he did some work for One Punch Man. He was uh, one of the villains in the 2019 Spider-Man cartoon. And he played a voice of a villain in the video game The Last of Us Part 2. Which is a cultural which phenomenon right now.
1: Yeah. Because uh, of the, the, uh, the TV show.
0: Yeah, with, with uh, Mando. Mando himself. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: And... Um, and uh, gay Ron Swanson.
0: Gay Ron Swanson. <laughs> I don't think I have any Ron Swanson in the soundboard right now. <laughs>
2: yeah. You had me at Meat Tornado. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the second... Is there any comment on Namari? Uh No. He, if you look at his IMDb, he basically is one of these voiceover guys. Um, he's done some live action, but most of his stuff is voiceover, and he has a couple hundred credits. He's, he was used to be a sound design guy way back when but he's been working for about 20 years so he's got a lot of credits
1: yeah a lot of video games yeah you know like a like an like a old v um an old v uh vo person that would be great uh, that I would love to be in star wars like cartoon or live action who's that brian cranston he used to do like a ton of um he used to do a ton of um like vo work so it would be really awesome too. Um, oh, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love. To, I'd love for him to be in Star Wars.
2: Say my name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he is in <on> the soundboard.
0: <laughs> that would be You're awesome. God Do you want me to pull up randomcelebritygenerator.com? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Click through until we get to Brian. <laughs> So this is his first and only Star Wars credit Or this character is his first and only Star Wars credit Shep is in a couple episodes Um, But uh, moving on to our other guest star um, Andy Allo Uh, And she is a singer and an actor Who portrays Liana today uh, Shep's daughter Um, Based on her IMDb page She's relatively new to acting But she was a singer for a long time um, she's, she's had credits going back to about 2020. Um, she was in a bunch of episodes of Chicago Fire. But her sort of breakout role, or the role that people know her for, is she's the co-star of the critically acclaimed Netflix show Upload. She plays a character called Nora Anthony.
1: Hmm. Never... Never watched it.
0: Yeah, we're we're so far behind on TV. I didn't see I haven't seen this either. But people I read a couple things about upload and it sounds good. So it's something that we can check out, I guess. Um, this is her also her first Star Wars credit, working in Bad Batch. But she's credited as being Liana and Fighter Number One. But I couldn't figure out what episode that was in. Um so maybe some Updating to her Wikipedia page is needed. Don't worry. I edit Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> Thank goodness.
0: Thank goodness. Someone has to. I edit
1: Wikipedia.
0: Um, Alright, that's it for me today. Um, do you have any comments on Andy
1: or Amari? Nope, I don't. Alright, do you want to go on to the plot? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. So the show opens up. Uh, In a cantina, where Fee and Omega are at a table with a group of aliens wearing masks, Fee asks to see the artifact, and one of the aliens, Lance Crowder, um, decent name, puts a small tree sculpture on the table. Fee asks to examine it, and she wants to confirm that it is not a fake. She examines the statue and tells Omega to pay them. Crowder checks the case and says that they have a deal. He offers Fee some wine. But she smells poison in the glass. Crowder is impressed and secretly releases a deadly centipede under the table. He calls Fee a pirate, and Omega corrects him, saying, A Fee isn't a pirate, but a liberator of ancient wonders. Fee says, If he wants to kill her, he has to do better than that. Can we stop Just, here for a second? Yes. Um,
0: so it had been a while before I went back and watched this three times for the notes. It had been a while since I'd seen this episode. And we're right before this episode with the boys. We watched The Outpost together the other day, and they loved it. Um, so we have. So this is exactly where I am with the rewatch with the boys. Um, I, I thought I was in the wrong episode. Because <laughs> I knew that this was like the beach vacation episode, or whatever you want to call it, the tsunami episode. And so when it started playing, I was like, I stopped it. And I went back to the menu and I was like, it is this episode. I'm like what the hell is going on? Cause this, this is such this cold open is so discongruous with the rest of the episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a good juxtaposition, but I, I love the design of this alien. Like you said, Lance Crowder is a good name <laughs> for yeah. it's a good Star Wars villain name. Um, yeah, I just love this whole thing, and the releasing of the centipede is obviously an Attack of the Clones reference.
1: Yeah, is it the same, same type? I'll check,
0: because I didn't, I meant to check that, and I didn't, but um, I'll look it up right now. That's all I wanted to say, so.
1: Hmm. Okay. Alright then. Okay, just then, Hunter kills the centipede with a vibroblade. Quarter says if she wanted to make it out alive, she should have brought more muscle. And Wrecker stands up and says that she did. A fight breaks out and people are shooting blasters. Fee grabs the statue and runs. Omega shoots a bell-shaped chandelier and traps some of the aliens.
0: I just looked it up. It is the same centipede and they're called Cowhoons. K-O-U-H-U-N. And their appearances are listed in Attack of the Clones and in Bad Batch. As well as a few other places.
1: Cool. A few years back we were camping and there's a centipede that just wanted just to stay near our our campsite and it's just like it was huge and it was gross and it's like get the, i don't was like i don't want to kill it but it's like get the f out of here
0: what it tastes like i don't that's what i always say to the boys when they bring me a bug or they say like
1: oh there's a huge spider in the back
0: i'm like what do you taste like <laughs> it's a good dad joke of mine
1: sorry <laughs> okay so the team calls tech who's manning the ship that they need to pick up Tech is on the way, and the Bad Batch get out of the bar with the artifact and the money unharmed. In hyperspace, Fee is talking to the Batch, and she's talking about Omega needing friends, and not just missions. Tech's, tech says he never had friends, so Omega must not need them either. Yeah. That, that's, that's how that works.
0: Yeah, no, no empathy from Tech. So all the growth we've been seeing from Tech maybe isn't sticking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got beaten and had to work in the coal mines, and so should you.
0: Uphill both ways to the clone factory.
1: <laughs> so, Sid calls uh, into the ship. Her hologram says they haven't checked in for 20 days. She says they'd better be dead. Sid then threatens to turn them in if she doesn't hear from them soon. Fee says Sid is useful, but you can't cross her. Fee asks if they have a plan to avoid Sid. Hunter says. Uh, she's looking at their plan right now fee gives tech some coordinates to go to this is this is more
0: um, of this gradual falling out with Sid that they're having that comes to a head in a couple episodes but, mm. but when I when I checked wikipedia because I always try to read the summary in wikipedia to see if I can catch names or places that I've missed or that aren't explicit in the show I found Sid's full name oh it's Sidaran scaleback and I have no idea where this name is said, but if you type in Sid into Wikipedia right now, it comes back as Sidaran.
1: Hmm. Okay. Maybe it was like on of insider or something.
0: Yeah, it could have been like, it could have been uh, like a short story or some, it could be back of a cereal box, right? Some of the stuff has the craziest origin. Um, like Therm Scissorhands, uh, the lobster character from Solo, who's just mm-hmm. a background character. But he was one of the aliens that was teased ahead of the movie. His first canonical appearance is in a limited trading card branded by Denny's. <laughs> wow. And that's where his name was revealed on a Denny's tr- Star Wars trading card that you got with your Rudy Tootie Fresh and Pretty Breakfast or whatever the fuck they sell at Denny's.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Like, if they were to do that again, I might go back to Denny's, but. <laughs>
0: I don't, uh, I've been to Denny's.
1: I've never been to Denny's sober. Yeah. Yeah. You, Denny's is where you end up. Yeah. Um, there's a family, there's a family guy bit. It's like, like I'm, it's like something like I'm, I'm obligated to love you. So I'm going to take my rage out on my own body. Let's go to Denny's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, also dear listener, if it turns out that the Rudy 2 Fresh and Fruity, Breakfast meal isn't a Denny's dish, but like an IHOP dish, dish. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, I don't want to hear a correction about shitty pancakes from shitty restaurants. It was a or joke. Do. Or do drive up engagement. Yeah, or do that's right. Yeah, fill out, fill out fill out a fill out a review on Apple Podcasts saying that these clowns don't know shit because they can't
1: <laughs> keep their IHOP. <laughs> And they're so, in these menus straight. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just there. a few weeks ago. There was a there's a great SNL skit where like a this girl is breaking up with her high school boyfriend, out, outside of an IHOP. But it just it's an earnest conversation about like, teenage love ending. Whatever. And but inside the IHOP, there's just pandemonium, just, like <laughs> people fighting, like guns <laughs> drawn and shit. This is hilarious. Go, go, go! Check out SNL IHOP skit on YouTube. Quite hilarious. And uh, now a message from our sponsor, Denny's. Yeah, Denny's. We'll give you diarrhea. Yeah. All right. We'll
0: just we'll just remove Denny's from the list of future sponsors.
1: <laughs> okay, let's go to Village Inn. <laughs> Religion. I think those are pubic, only out west. Pubic hair on your waffles or your money back
0: <laughs> God damn it
1: we went we there a few years ago for my birthday and I had pancakes and it's like and I'm just like I'm just like what the' it's like I'm not hungry anymore <laughs> My birthday's ruined. It was late at night and we were just looking for a place to eat So that's that's why we are going Okay Enough shitting on uh, places that you go When you're wasted Okay Alright so the ship drops out of hyperspace Above an ocean planet With sparse islands and land masses They fly over a village And land He tells them that this is Pabu Her home away from home She points out the The Archium. Is that it's like archeum?
0: archeum, or something. Archeum. The I guess that would spell it, because I thought it was a sp- uh, play on the word museum, but but later I saw on Wikipedia I'd misspelled it and I never circled back. But it's the archaeum I think. Like
1: archaeology museum. Yeah,
0: yeah that's place. what I thought they were doing
1: a spoof on, but no, it's mm-hmm.
0: it has a different spelling. But archeum is what it what she says
1: yeah do, do you want to like talk about like this island it's just like one big like mountain it's almost like a the devil like it's like a humongous devil's tower on an island yeah we
0: can talk about the design of the island so um i looked for a while to try to see if there was because i don't, remember when we were doing clone wars we did like 14 episodes or 15 episodes of clone wars sometimes i would say what the inspiration of the planet was like this is a planet where all the plants grow upside down or this is a a, a coral reef, dried ocean planet, right? Um, I was trying to figure out what, if if there is anything explicitly said about this planet, like it's a volcanic island planet or something like that. It sort of feels like that's what this is.
1: Yeah. A- has there been any pl- uh, planets in Star Wars that have multiple biomes?
0: Um, probably. I just can't think of any off the
1: top of my head.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, there. Mm... No, it's going to bother me. I can't think of any, but. it's 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 a storytelling device for star wars but there's a little bit of later in the notes there's a little bit of description of how the city set up but if you if you have any comment on the island itself right now it's a good good place to put it
1: oh i just i like how it's set up it's very uh it's just it's different
0: yeah it's it's like a big
1: fortress almost um yeah, let's get, all right. let's get down to the description of the city, and then we can talk a little bit more about why they did it. Okay, so Tech scans the sculpture and says it is not especially valuable. Fee says that most people on Pabu are refugees, and Fee mostly flies around the galaxy getting little pieces of their lost cultures to help make Pabu more of a home for them. So this is kind of showing maybe she's not as bad as we have thought her to be all this time. So, uh, the Bad Batch are introduced to Shep Hazard, the mayor of Pabu, and his daughter, Liana, uh, Liana, a girl about Omega's age. Shep is a uh, he's a bear of a man. He's about as uh, big as Wrecker. Uh, Liana says Fee has never brought a friend to the island, not even Sid.
0: Um, I, I just want to, we don't have to talk about it too much. I just want to say Shep Hazard is one of my favorite Star Wars names ever. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like uh like a B list like Evil Knievel. Yeah. Evil Knievel versus Shep Hazard. It's like it's like he would be the villain in an Evil Knievel movie, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he's like uh, Justin Hammer to um Tony Stark. Yeah, like that. Or like <laughs> Yeah, like Evil Knievel and the Harlem Globetrotters have to stop uh Shep Hazard from uh ruining the uh, uh Ruining the festival or
0: whatever. Stealing Christmas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, shoot. Now I lost. All right. So uh, Shep takes the Bad Batch on a tour. They see the sea walls and towers. Omega and Liana are hitting it off. Shep says that Upper Pavu is the older part of the city. But as most people showed up, they they populated Lower uh, Pavu. Uh, below the seawall. An old-timer shows up to uh, establish how gregarious gregarious, and gracious Shep is.
0: Yeah, so this is the design of the city. So, like you said, it's like a big fortress. It's like this huge tower and a plateau, and on top of this plateau is Upper Pabu, and then closer to the sea, outside of, the, of this fort- fortification, is like a village. And people live in both Upper and Lower Pabu um yeah there's i'm sure it's a practical
1: decision but there's an obvious
0: problem with this
1: mm-hmm. yeah so uh there are uh, some green monkey uh creatures that liana and omega play with they are called <clears throat> sorry they are called the uh, munos and they are the original heavens have- inhabitants of Pabu. tech says he's never seen omega so happy Ooh, imagine friends weird so uh, Hunter talks to Shep about the population and whether the Empire will show up. Shep says he's not worried because they are so small. This is a little – that's a little worrisome, but um, just because it's – that's something similar to what uh, Lando says. So that's something that I kind of wor- worried about like early in the episode. Yeah, I, I definitely – I definitely thought it was foreshadowing something. Yeah. Say like,
0: and and I I actually did not make the Lando connection when he says we're too small for the Empire to care about, um, but that is a good a good parallel here because you don't get to pick what the Empire cares about, mm-hmm. and we see that time and time again in Star Wars where someone's like like we're ants to them, right? And they come and how bad do you feel when you step on an ant? You don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So if nothing else, they're underfoot or could be underfoot if they find out that there's a lot of nickel and cobalt on that planet they need it for their batteries, right? Mm.
1: Yeah. Or s- space oil or uh...
0: that was the joke I was making, but right now <laughs> right now we're transitioning I... from a fossil fuel economy to a EV economy, right?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just such a dinosaur. Which
0: There you go. Tying it back together. Yeah. You're such a mythosaur.
1: (laughs) Such a a factosaur. Yeah, yeah. You're a mythosaur. Shep says he's not worried because they're so small. Uh, Some come to Pabu to start over. Shep says as a father, there isn't a better place to raise a child. Fee says it is something to consider. Hunter asks if she's asking if they want to stay on Pabu forever. Later in the night, they have a feast with Shep and Fee. Leanna tells Omega that she has her own boat, that they want to take the boat on the water to watch the sunset. Hunter says that it is okay. Wrecker is full, and he's never full. Just then, Shep shows up with fruits. Wrecker says that he loves this place. Yeah, this is...
0: um, I have an audio drop for this, but at this point in the episode, even watching it again and again, um, I I have this ability to sort of delete my expectations every single time I watch like a Star Wars thing and not know what's going to happen next it's around this time where I'm like is this just it? Are they just on vacation? Is this like the beach holiday episode? It just, they could just play it could just be like montages of them like batting beach balls around with those green monkeys
1: or or doing a little shirtless volleyball
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's not homoerotic at all, Top Gun. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> they didn't.
0: They didn't confuse me as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to be Val Kilmer or be with
1: Val Kilmer. <laughs> I don't know, Ice s- Man. Oh yeah, so Omega and Liana take the boat out. Omega says that she's spent most of her life surrounded by the ocean, but Pabu is different. Liana asks why she left. Omega just says the Empire. Omega says that they never stay anywhere. Uh, Liana asks if it makes her lonely, but Omega has never thought about it before. Now, back at dinner, Fei tells Tech that it's almost time, and they walk to an overlook as the sun sets. It's like island house's light up with lights tech agrees that the site is spectacular i, I was they're, they're gonna have leaning heavily into the fees the feed uh the uh, feed digs uh digs tech
0: yeah there's also sort of a throwaway line earlier that i didn't put in the notes when they first show up and Shep shows up and like gives via a, a hug and walks her back to the island wrecker elbows tech and says you got some competition
1: yeah
0: (laughs) oh that's right
1: (laughs) yeah so it's a it's a um oh i can't think of the term um like it's not a well-kept secret i guess right it's an open Um, open secret or whatever it's an open yeah that
0: and and it's become like it's become like fodder for their relationships like for for the group right it's like like ooh like V wants to be alone with tech again Right. And tech's awkward enough to where he would respond oddly to that, but, but he clearly enjoys the attention.
1: Okay. So just then Hunter notices that the Muno's acting up, he gets up and looks out over the water. Hunter says that something's coming. Shep stands up and an earthquake happens Uh, It's a mild tremor. Omega and Liana are in the boat and they feel the tremor. They decide to head back to the head to back in just to be safe. Hunter calls Omega and asks if they're okay. Mega reports and they're headed back to the shore. Shep says that it was just a small tremor, just part of Pabu life. Hunter says he doesn't think it's over yet, and a larger earthquake happens. This whole thing kind of reminded me of what happened to Japan. Yeah. Um,
0: the, uh, Fukushima. Yeah. Tsunami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, so this is, there's some sort of underwater earthquake happening, and there was Fukushima, and then there's been other tsunamis recently caused by underground underwater earthquakes um i actually really we're going to get into it but i really love how they portray the tsunami in this episode
1: yeah it's really it's, uh it's really cool I, I i enjoyed it as well um okay so okay so hunter and shep agreed that that was a huge earthquake tech says he thinks the island uh, the island is at risk Uh, From a sea surge from the quake. Shep says the early warning system would have gone off. If that's the case, then the alarm goes off.
0: This is, I don't think it's supposed to be comedic um, because the tone of the episode shifts so drastically at this point from like the vacation, beach ball, um, we might stay here forever sort of Shangri La thing that they're going through to this um, disaster movie tone. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like, no, now, now everybody has to get out because everybody might die. Sort of tone. Um, but this moment is funny.
2: Mm-hmm. He,
0: he's like, he's like, that's not true because the alarm would have gone off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you have a genetically enhanced clone that can like somehow sense the vibrations in the ground, I guess, to know that there's more earthquakes coming. That that they're now at risk for a huge storm or sea surge, and that that wave is going to build up. Anyway.
1: Yeah, right. So um, the water begins to recede from the shoreline. Shep says Omega and Liana are on the water sill. Hunter tells everyone to evacuate Lower Pabu, and then he will go um, get the girls with the... uh, Sorry, he'll get the girls with the Havoc Marauder. Now, Liana and Omega have to ditch the ship before they're pulled into some rocks. They are a significant distance from the shore, and uh, Liana is knocked out. Omega wakes her up, and they're standing on the seafloor, and behind them a giant wave is forming. This is this is cool. I liked this uh, Seen a lot. So have you seen, um, what was that
0: movie with Matthew McConaughey where he plays an astronaut, and it's all about relativity? Interstellar? Interstellar, yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. Do you know when they go down to the planet, uh, where the astronauts go down to the planet with the huge tidal forces, and, mm-hmm. and they realize that that they only arrived an hour after the ship that had landed 20 years earlier because of the huge gravitational well they're in, has slowed time from an external observer, um, has slowed time so down so much on the planet that... That she died, the astronaut that landed there, she died within seconds of landing there, but only a few hours has passed relatively compared to the decades that have passed elsewhere. There is a beautiful shot of a tidal wave forming on that planet um, that looks a lot like this tidal wave forming on Pabu. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it that they turn around and see the sea, this wall of water just being sucked into itself, um, and this whole thing about the the sea being drug out um, away from the island before it fills back in. This is how how tsunamis actually work in <laughs> in our world, right? the the subduct the subduction happens on the seafloor, it pulls the water back and then water moves in as a longitudinal wave, it pushes forward, and as the, the shore goes up, the wave just travels up the shore. And so, yeah, so it, tsunamis can be hundreds of feet high, and this is exactly how they form. I love this section. Not very Star Wars-y to me, but we'll get to that in a second, but, like, perfect depiction of how a tsunami works.
1: Yeah. Okay, so... Um... See, the two take off running for the island. Hunter says he's on his way. On the island, there are too many people to evacuate up the staircases. Fee says that they need to deploy the rescue ladders over the sides of the walls. Fee and Tech manually deploy the ladders, and people start climbing up the ladder. Shep and Rucker find find an old man from earlier, and he's the last one to evacuate. Rucker scoops him up, uh, and they run for Upper Pabu. Liana and Omega are running. The wave is closing in on them. Liana says that they won't make it. Omega says to keep running. Hunter and the Marauder show up just at the last minute to rescue the girls as the wave crashes down on their position. Back at the island, Shep is the last man on the ladder as the tsunami destroys Lower Pabu. They successfully evacuated everyone. The Marauder flies over with Omega and Liana waving to the crowd. As the water recedes again, they can see the damage to the homes. The next morning, the village people are gathered around the town square in Upper Pabu. She is happy that they got the people out. Shep is happy that they got the people out, and Tex says that rebuilding will take time. Shep says that they are resilient, and they will rebuild. Hunter says that they can stay uh, stay and help. Tex says that he was thinking the same thing. Shep says that they are most welcome. The end.
0: Before we get into our discussion,
1: just want to get your initial impression. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, it was alright. For one, that's not about the main plot. It was, it was okay, and I can, I can see what they're doing with this, um, making it like tempting, to uh, hang, hang up the, uh, the life that they're uh, living and just live um, peacefully on uh, on the island planet or the island city. Yeah. So we sort of have the benefit of. Of knowing what's next, um,
0: and so we have we have a very heavy end to the season coming, right? We have three more episodes, right? We have the tipping point, the summit, and Plan 99. And not not to put too fine a point on it, the rest of the season we, we enter the ball kicking machine, mm-hmm. right? And it just doesn't stop, right? And we're left with a huge cliffhanger slash the death of a character spoiler alert um and like all hope is lost this is our empire strikes back season where the heroes lose and han ends up in carbonite luke barely escapes with his life basically attempts to take his own life and and we're sort of left with the wreckage trying to figure out what what's next this is what's coming up. So I think this episode is—it has a plot, right? And there's no villain. It's a natural disaster, right? It's like, like Armageddon sort of, or there's—it's a whole genre of film, right? Mm-hmm. Asteroids coming. There's a fire. There's an earthquake. There's ants that are terrorizing society. It is just a natural disaster, and so you don't have to worry about the empire. You don't have to worry about like gangsters coming to kidnap everybody or drug smugglers or drug lords or the pikes or anything it's just an earthquake and a wave and so in that sense it's really refreshing also i think i know what they're doing right they're showing them an alternative life yeah right where they don't have to be in shootouts and bars all the time or they can only do that when they really want to like fee does yeah right and they're establishing fee as a as not a bad guy right she's actually a compassionate person that's doing this thing for everybody and it's good and she's good and yada 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 overall i think it's very good i this is one of the episodes that when i talk about bad Batch with other star wars people this is the episode that i don't know if it's needed in the season but watching the season all together i can see why it's here Right, it's that mm-hmm. it's that little off off-speed pitch that makes like like helps you with the with the pace of the show. Otherwise, you go directly from the outpost to seeing Crosshair being tortured and the Bad Batch charging off, and and then Saw trying to assassinate Tarkin, and you know, it's a lot of stuff. Every once in a while, you need a couple of um, like adolescent girls playing on, <laughs> playing on their boat, right? And just having having like a nice like having two characters watch a good cool sunset together and have the grizzled old old leader say, "I don't know, maybe it is time to hang it up. Maybe this is maybe this is exactly what we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. And And that messes with the audience expectations, especially knowing that they don't get they don't get this happy ending, not yet. Mm-hmm. but it's like dangling in front of the audience saying, yeah, this is possible. Maybe they could just sit here and be full. Yeah. I uh, you said it best. I don't really have much else to say on it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a complicated episode and there's not a whole, honestly, there's not a whole lot of star Wars in it, right? There's, there's some cool stuff in the bar, right? In the very beginning. Um, so if you want to go all the way back there, <laughs> um, if you scan around the bar, just, just, to put us back in Star Wars. Pabu is not Star Wars, right? Pabu is um, an oasis away from the horrors of the Star Wars universe. Star Wars is not a happy ending story, not usually, right? It's, I mean, A New Hope was a happy ending story because it had to, it was supposed to be a standalone movie, right? They knew they were going to make a sequel, but they didn't know what the sequel was going to be about. It might've been Splinter in the Mind's Eye. (laughs) But, but, it was popular enough to actually make a bunch of movies out of it, but they had to make a happy ending story. But in general, even that story is not very happy because Luke's family's killed, Alderaan's destroyed, and their only redemption in the story is that they punched back against a giant empire that completely survived their attack. And so it's it's hard to think of, like, a Pabu as a happy ending, I thought they were foreshadowing that the Empire was going to show up and ruin the place. Yeah, me too. And so that didn't happen, at least not yet. Um, but it's it's tough. It's like, this is the arc of these things, that they're on the run, and if there's a place they can hide, then, then why aren't they doing it? Um, you know what I mean? hmm But, I don't know. It's If we go all the way back to the bar in the very beginning... The bar is very Star Warsy. It's dirty. It's it's a hole in the wall. There's Biths and other known aliens. There's <clears throat> there's Rodians in the bar. People are playing Sabacc. Um, I have no idea what species Lance Crowder is, and it's not revealed.
1: Yeah, because he's got a helmet on. They're in sort of his um his cronies.
0: Right, and they don't describe who he is at all. It just says he's a deal. He makes a deal with uh, the pirate Fee Genoa, right? She's not a pirate, so more more things to update Wikipedia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. There's my my thinking about this episode is that it it only serves as a break in the action, and it's a much needed break in the action. Hopefully, well, let me put it this way. Would you accept them returning to this as an answer to where are they um, in uh, the future?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, in, in, if this episode didn't air and it just went, if it went straight from the previous one to the next one, there's nothing really. There's no like new information um, that could be um, that you that you would miss. You could just um, you don't see Fee again. And then Sid, like, spoiler, Sid screws them later in a later episode, which is, that's been something that's they've been teasing for a while. So, yeah. Um, yeah, th- if this one, like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of th- things in it, but if this on its own, it could definitely just go away and no one would be the wiser.
0: Yeah, that's, that's generally my think- thinking, too. Um, overall, I think it's good. I don't have a whole lot of commentary on it, other than what we've already said. Um, I'm glad they made it. But this is also one... This is probably the one that feels least like Star Wars to me. And that's
1: that's how I'll leave it. Right. Cool. So, um, do you want to rank them? Rank it? Sure. Set it up. Okay. So, uh, now's the time where we rank an episode. We rank episodes based on a Star Wars character, a superb episode would be an original trilogy character han luke leia darth vader chewie etc and the <clears throat> a really bad one would would be just one of the pirate one of the gordian shards pirates that doesn't get a name yeah one of them that just gets gunned down like right away <laughs> yeah one of those guys <laughs> yeah cannon fodder mm-hmm. so uh matt what do you give this I think I've used this guy before,
0: and I really need to finish that document that tracks all of this. But I'm going to do it Lobot. 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 Lobot, the the lobotomized um, assistant to Lando. One, you made a Lando connection um, in the summary, and I really like that. And two, Lobot's one of these characters that I really like. um, But you know nothing about him. And if he wasn't in this show, if he wasn't in the movie, very little would be different about the movie. But he adds just this depth, this like mystery and depth and, and curiosity to the whole thing. I know he's the guy that Lando contacts by tapping on his wrist to calm. Um, but that could have been achieved any number of ways. Um, also, if you're a fan of Lobot, I recommend you read the Lando comic from like 2014 or whatever. Because you figure out why Lobot can't talk. Mm-hmm. Lobot can talk in that comic up until the last page. Um, Yeah, and I really like
1: that comic, and I I like Lobot, so
0: that's my
1: that's my pick. Go ahead. Yeah, 'cause he pretty much got Hey Heyo,
0: there it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, so I'm gonna uh I'm gonna give this one a uh, Leox Giassi from the High Republic. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Yeah, he's the, uh, the kind of the smuggler. Um, like the, he's the anti hound Solo. He's he's very kind of like laid back, just kind of just ch- chills. <laughs> um, and he talks and he he sounds in the audiobook very much like Matthew McConaughey. His and his High Republic card, like the those cards I have.
0: His concept art looks like Matthew McConaughey.
1: Yeah, he's he's got like a shirt open almost to his belly button. Yeah,
0: you can you can see what he had for lunch. That's, yeah, his,
1: his V is so deep yeah yeah okay um so i guess that is it ready that's it for the show uh thanks for listening we're glad uh anyone's listening be sure to give us a uh rating on uh your local podcast aggregator give us um five stars or whatever the version that is that would help us eventually um get noticed by some uh,
2: uh advertisers
1: like denny's or ihop uh um and if you didn't like the show, first off, you have questionable tastes. But after that, why don't you tell somebody you don't like about us so they can uh, listen to the show and waste uh, some of their time. So, all right, this is, Matt, uh, this is Jamie and Matt. Uh, we'll be back with the uh, next episode of the Bad Batch.
2: Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music please refer to the show notes for photos clips and links from this episode side effects from listening to yubcast may include dizziness dry mouth a sense of confusion and decreased sex drive serious side effects may include speaking in ewok speculating the origins of prequel characters and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet for a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show Please visit us on Twitter at YubCast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. YubCast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. YubCast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only.